dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts real talk. real talk. And here we go, here we go on this Monday evening in the city, 6 o'clock straight up. That means it is time for Real Talk Memphis. Uh, Glad to have you with us. Uh, I am your program host. My name is Chip Washington. Of course, you know who you are. And uh, once again, uh, we reconvene uh, for another hour of uh, information uh, and, of course, news that you can use. Uh, I hope that uh, the last seven days for you have been uh, decent. And in order, so to speak. Everything has gone okay since the last time we communicated. Uh, but uh, gang's all here tonight. We are all very glad to be uh, back in the air chair. Uh, because, boy, I tell you, man, uh, so much stuff happening in our city these days. Uh, you, you have to pray from the time you hit the ground until your time to, till it's time to, to end the day. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, so happy to have you with us for the next hour. We hope that you can uh, stick with us tonight. Uh, we have a pretty good show on tap, we think, and uh, we hope that you will think so after it is all said and done. Uh, in terms of how you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting, well, you know, I'm always glad when you ask that question. Uh, we are on right now, 91.7 live on WYXR. Uh, that's 91.7 on the FM dial. You can also catch us on the uh, YXR app, uh, the TuneIn app. We are broadcasting on Facebook Live this evening. Uh, And, of course, once the show has been posted, uh, you can uh, catch us a little bit later on in the weekend. We'll post to YouTube. And uh, as we are a podcast, uh, you will be able to pick up our show wherever you are in this country and wherever you get your podcast. Now, you can't do any better than that. I don't care what you say. You just can't do it. Uh, so there, there, there is uh, how you uh, find us, how you get us, and how you keep us. Uh, in terms of our show tonight, I think uh, we have some good information for you uh, that we would like to share. Uh, we are going to be speaking with Jerry Green. Jerry is one of the newly elected Congress wi- I mean, uh, councilwomen uh, here in the city of Memphis. Uh, uh, and um, we're going to talk to her, of course, uh, about uh, why she decided to run uh, for the city council and... Uh, uh, the uh, issue of uh, now interim chief C.J. Davis. I'm still working on that. I still can't in my head figure out why they they, they chose that as an option. But since we were last together last Tuesday, of course, they were the council was going to uh, to talk about a reappointment. Uh, clearly, uh, in discussions that were had uh, with Mayor Paul Young. Uh, and uh, some of the council folks, uh, there were not enough votes uh, that was going that were going to change anything. 
Uh, there's a lot of uh, the, the word chaos was used by uh, the mayor in, in terms of not only what's happening in our streets, uh, but is what's happening in terms of uh, this process. So uh, that has been tabled now. Uh, she uh, is still the police chief. Uh, but she has the interim title uh, in front of her name. And once again, I still can't figure that out. I just don't, you know, I mean, you wake up in the morning and you're the police chief of the city of Memphis. You go to bed that night uh, and you know, now you're the interim police chief of the city of Memphis. A little backwards there, uh, but we'll talk to Jerry about uh, that, how they came to that decision and what she thinks about uh, all of this moving forward. A little bit later on, we'll be speaking with uh, State Representative Sam McKenzie out of Knoxville. I wanted to get uh, a reading on uh, what is happening uh, in our legislative uh, arena up there in Nashville. You know, last year it was a, a complete mess. Uh, and, of course, gun control is still one of the major topics of conversation and discussion that needs to be had. Uh, but uh, I wanted to get a read from him. And then, of course, uh, last Friday uh, there was a press conference. I'll talk to you about that in a minute about what the legislature is proposing uh, as an add-on uh, to the state constitution. So we'll talk to Sam about all of that. And a bit later on, uh, with the uh, snow and the ice and the rain, and of course, uh, the ever-familiar potholes, um, uh, one, of the, one of the things uh, that uh, all of this caused was an issue with our water. We had a first uh, ever water, boil water notice. We had a boil water advisory. Uh, going on. We had water pressure that was uh, either non-existent or very, very low in many areas. Uh, and uh, I wanted to find out uh, what, if anything, uh, was affected, is affected, or could be affected in terms of our water. Because one of the things Memphis is known for is this great, uh, is this great water. Uh, so we're going to have our good friend, uh, Sarah Houston, a.k.a. the uh, Water Warrior, will be joining me. She's the executive, uh, the executive director, rather, of Protect Our Aquifer. Uh, and she will also have a, another guest with her uh, from Flint, Michigan. And, of course, uh, if you've been keeping up uh, a few years back, Flint was uh, all over the news every night for the uh, lead pipe situation, which affected their water there as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about our water concerns uh, and if there are any, what we're looking for and what may happen in the future uh, with Sarah a bit later on in the broadcast. But this is the time of the show where we salute you. Uh, if you were fortunate enough to make another trip around the sun well, then this is your segment. This is your opportunity. If you had a birthday over the weekend, if you have one today or this week, uh, we want to acknowledge uh, your presence on this earth and your value on this earth as well by way of the shout out. But we can't uh, do any of that until I say, hit it, Brent. All right. On this Monday. Happy birthday shout outs going out to the following folks. Ms. B. White celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to Juliet Nelson, to Terrell Cole. Happy birthday, Belinda Jones. Terry Faulkner celebrating today. And Mitch Wright celebrating his birthday today as well. Now, uh, for all of you who are celebrating your birthday today, all of us here at Real Talk Memphis. Happy birthday. Hope your day was filled with fun and laughter. And if all of us are fortunate enough to be here one year from today, 
We will do it all over again to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Happy birthday, everybody. Thank you, Brian. So, uh, it wasn't a good weekend uh, in our city in terms of uh, violent episodes that happened. We had uh, seven people shot. We had seven people uh, die over the weekend from late Friday and Saturday early uh, into uh, late uh, yesterday. We had seven deaths uh, in our city. Uh, and uh, one of those involved a triple shooting, uh, which happened on Saturday evening. One person dead from that. Last night, there was a quadruple shooting or four people shot. Two of those people uh, died uh, in that incident. There were three shootings uh, in themselves in the Frazier area and uh, two shootings in Parkway Village. So uh, it was a, a very, very bad weekend uh, in terms of uh, the violence that uh, continues to plague our city. Uh, we now have uh, at least 20, uh, maybe, or maybe a little bit more than that, homicides so far in our city. And it's just January. Uh, and uh, we still have a couple of days to go. And, you know, again, uh, just, a, just, a, just a complete breakdown in communication, a complete breakdown uh, in structure and everything else. I don't know if any of you were aware. Uh, there was a story about a man uh, who shot uh, the mother of his two children. Uh, that happened uh, early Saturday morning about 5 a.m. Uh, the individual in question uh, apparently posted uh, a confession that he did uh, shoot her on Facebook. Uh, the uh, post was uh, later deleted, but not after some 6,000 folks uh, shared it all over the country, uh, all over the city. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, the woman in question was 27 years old. I heard that she was, uh, again, a lovely person, lovely human being. Uh, the individual in question uh, said that he shot her because uh, he thought someone was breaking in the house at 5 o'clock in the morning, so he said. Uh, as of uh, right now, uh, no suspect uh, has been arrested for that crime. Uh, I heard that a person was detained, but the uh, family is upset because charges have not yet been filed. We'll keep an eye on that uh, situation. As I mentioned at the top, uh, last week, last Tuesday after we left you, apparently... Uh, the reappointment of Police Chief C.J. Davis got squashed, got canceled uh, by the mayor, by the way, uh, who had apparently done his due diligence and doing some research. Uh, and uh, he talked to some of the law enforcement officers under her charge at the Memphis Police Department. I had a quiet private meeting with them. And uh, apparently after doing that and after uh, talking to the council members uh, and others, he felt like he did not have uh, the support uh, needed uh, to get this reappointment done. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, Chairman of the City Council, C.J. I mean B.J. Uh, uh, Smiley, uh, uh, said that uh, said that J.B. Smiley. I'm sorry, uh, pardon me, y'all. Uh, J.B. Smiley said that uh, the, there was not going to be a change in the number. Uh, she was rejected seven to six uh, the first time around. Uh, there seems to be some dissension in the ranks of the Memphis Police Department. So with all of that going on and all of the confusion surrounding all of this, uh, Mayor Young decided to table the reappointment for the time being. How long that is, none of us know. Uh, but we will wait and see. He wants to uh, make sure that he has enough time uh, to be able to direct this ship and hopefully uh, 
you know, promote and encourage folks uh, to give uh, this administration and her uh, another opportunity. So we will uh, see what happens with that. Uh, in terms of uh, the state legislature, they had a press conference here in Memphis on Friday afternoon uh, with the Speaker of the House, Cameron Sexton. Uh, they made an announcement that they were looking at adding an amendment to the state constitution that would withhold bond to individuals that commit more serious felonies. So if you commit murder, maybe second degree murder, or however this, all this goes, uh, you uh, may not, if they pass this, uh, be eligible for bond. Uh, meaning you'll go to jail and you'll stay in jail for the, for the, uh, for the, for the uh, crime that you committed. So I'll ask Sam McKenzie about that in just a couple of minutes uh, and a lot of other things. And I wonder what you all think about that as well. I mean, is it a step in the right direction? It's the first step. Uh, maybe the, uh, somebody's hearing us up there in Nashville, maybe. Uh, but we will, uh, we will see how that, uh, how that breaks out. Uh, in uh, <coughs> sports news, uh, the University of Memphis has lost their third game in a row. Uh, this team started out gangbusters under Penny, but now we have fallen on some lean times. So we'll see what happens with them. And uh, the Super Bowl in two weeks will feature the Kansas City Chiefs versus... The San Francisco 49ers, which is a repeat of the Super Bowl we had about four years ago, which KC won. So we'll see what happens with all of that. We're going to take our first break of the night. And when we come back, let's get into the show. What do you say? You guys ready to go? You all fired up and ready to go? Uh, I am as well. So uh, we'll do that. And uh, when we come back, we will kick things off in just a minute. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. You know who you are. We'll see you in just a minute. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Located on the second floor of the Crosstown Concourse, the Memphis Listening Lab is a nonprofit collection of music and music history that is open to the public every Tuesday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Boasting an eclectic collection of tens of thousands of LPs and 45s, a state-of-the-art sound room, and various vinyl and streaming listening stations, our free library has something for music lovers of all stripes. More information and a complete listing of upcoming events is available at memphislisteninglab.org. Buster's Liquors and Butcher is proud to support WYXR, featuring the three-chord backstage series whiskey, custom blends created in collaboration with each artist, featuring Lucero, Dinosaur Jr., the Cadillac 3, and more. More information at bustersliquors.com. Shannon and Cecilia here. Do you love stories featuring community changemakers in Memphis? Don't miss Just Bluffin' a feel-good podcast found online in the WYXR Podcast Network. Access all our podcasts at WYXR.org.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome to back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip with you. And uh, before I go any farther, uh, we have a loyal and dedicated group of individuals who check us out on Facebook Live every week. And I wanted to say, uh, what's good? How are you guys doing uh, this evening? Audrey and Mike and uh, GKP and Carlos and Patricia Rogers and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and Denise. I see you on there as well. Thank you all for being with us this night, uh, tonight. And I want to uh, thank uh, our first guest, of course. Uh, we've never met, and uh, this is the first time he's been on our show, and I'm very happy to have him. Uh, the state legislature is back in session up in Nashville. Uh, and, of course, uh, there are always hopes um, in reference to uh, some of the business that they take care of uh, that will uh, affect us in a very positive way. So I wanted to reach out and uh, speak with someone, and I'm very happy uh, to have uh, our first guest. He states uh, Representative Sam McKenzie out of Knoxville. Uh, he is serving his second year as chairman of the Tennessee Black Caucus of State Legislators, and he and he joins me now. And uh, if it's okay to call you Sam, listen, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and welcome to Real Talk Memphis. Good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, absolutely, call me Sam, and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, it's uh, it's it's good to to get the information and the voice out of Nashville. Uh, we kind of live up here and on, on the bubble sometimes. A absolutely that. Well, you know, I, I alluded to the, the first thing I want to ask you about is I alluded to this at the, at the top. Uh, Cameron Sexton was here uh, on Friday uh, meeting with uh, several of our local leaders, of course, uh, police chief, the district attorney, and several other people. Uh, they held a press conference to, to announce uh, uh, the uh, possibility of adding an amendment to the state constitution uh, that would withhold bond uh, for individuals that commit more serious felonies. And I wanted to get your take on that uh, in terms of, uh, first of all, is, is that a good step? Is that a positive step? I mean, are people starting to listen up there? What's your take uh, from, from the floor? Well, you know, uh, it, it's a mixed bag. To me, it's, it's a dangerous proposition because you're putting more power into our judges' hands. And right now, our judges are being selected for their political aspects and aspirations as opposed to, to doing proper adjustment of the law. So it scares me. I fully understand we are dealing with a lot of crime by repeat offenders mm -hmm. and we need something about that. But I just worry that one, this this goes a little too far. And secondly, what are we doing on, on the front end? It's very reactive in, in my opinion. What, what, what exactly are we doing on the front end? to try to prevent some of these crimes in terms of our resources. Now, uh, last year, of course, uh, there was a, a very unfortunate incident uh, not too far from where you are uh, at the elementary school up there that killed six people. And there were demonstration after demonstration after demonstration for people pleading and begging uh, the state house, uh, which is dominated by the Republican Party, 
to do something to address gun control. Uh, I, so far, I, I don't know uh, what the effort is uh, been or the interest has been up there in terms of, of that house, but I do know that they spent some time uh, passing bills to keep folks out of the uh, out of the chamber up there, uh, you know, uh, to, to even keep from voicing uh, their opinion. Uh, so, Sam, what, what, what exactly uh, is happening, and uh, is there still the same type of frustration uh, from the Democrats uh, that there was uh, last year when absolutely nothing got done about gun control? Right. We're we are focusing on the wrong things. We're worried about citizens coming into the people's house. And when I say citizens, the average person is probably 20 something years old. They're not uh, the, the, this this militant group that they're painted out to be. They're people that are angry because we're doing absolutely nothing and we continue to do absolutely nothing. Now, the Democrats introduced bills and we're going to introduce all kinds of bills to try to put training back in to try to give some relief on these 30 uh, magazine rounds to do some real gun reforms. Hey, the Second Amendment is clear. No one's talking about taking guns, but it's to take 30 shots to hit that deer that, that, that you're trying to shoot. Now, what it's used for is for some, some things that, that really don't make sense. And also, if someone is proving themselves to be a, a risk to themselves or other people, we know it. The family knows it. The aunt knows it. The neighbor knows it. They'll go to court and get approved. Those people, we need to temporarily take those guns away from them because time and time again, we're finding those are the ones that are going out there uh, committing these kind of heinous acts. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does seem uh, frustrating from the perspective of, uh, you know, just what we do here, of course, in Shelby County, in Memphis and Shelby County, uh, you know, it's a big problem. And I'm sure it's a, it's a big problem uh, statewide as well. But I mean, there is a, a, a palatable frustration uh, and there's fear here and there's mistrust here because uh, the, every day that goes by, we're, we're waiting for another body to drop. And, uh, you know, we feel like uh, that someone up in Nashville uh, ought to be paying enough attention to what is going on uh, here to really understand. Now, I do know that there are some representatives and I won't say all that there are some uh, that are that are putting bills uh, on the floor. Uh, to be considered uh, that 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 are sort of generally focused, you know, on guns. But uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, not even enough uh, focus is being placed on uh, these issues. And really, uh, I guess I want to ask you: Are your Republican colleagues uh, more centered? Uh, some of the ones that you work with on a daily basis, do they hear us? Do they understand us? And are they focused on trying to do something substantial in terms of this issue? Honestly, I think they hear us, but they're listening to those right-wing uh, uh, zealots out there like the Tennessee Firearms Association that only want to cut, cut laws, cut laws. They're listening to the people that want to allow guns into the Liberty Bowl Stadium, into Neyland Stadium, into any public building. That's who they're listening to. And, 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 and if not but for a few, on, on, on the other side of the aisle, a lot of these measures are, start, are, are going to get passed. So um, they hear it. They hear these covenant mothers that are showing up to every meeting. Mm -hmm. They empathize with them. But at the end of the day, their votes are aligning with those NRA, Tennessee Firearms Association type people who are putting monies in their pockets, but they're also threatening them with a the primary. They're saying, well, if you don't do what we want, 
we're going to put someone in a little further right wing than you are, a little more of a gun nut than you are, and beat you in your primary. So that's the balance that they think they have to deal with. But at the end of the day, you got to go with your heart. You, you, you were elected to this position uh, to, to, to be a guardian over this great, of this great state. And we can't continue to pass these bad bills or not pass some of the good ones that rang things back in. So, again, I'm trying to make it make sense to them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a hopeless optimist. And, and at the end of the day, I'm, I'm hoping that, that we'll, we'll be able to move some, some legislation that, that makes a good impact. Sam, as uh, chairman of the uh, Tennessee Black Caucus of state legislators, uh, you, you all have an agenda as well. You all have some things that you're, that, that you're fighting for that you want to see. Uh, what does your agenda, uh, in, especially uh, in, the, in the Tennessee Black Caucus uh, of state legislators, what are you all looking at? What are you all fighting for? What are you trying to see uh, as a positive change uh, in this session this year? Well, you know, uh, generally I'll say if, if, if the life of a, of, of a black person rises and get better, gets better, I guarantee you every other ethnic group race is going to do a lot better. So that 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 to me is 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 a is a true statement. There's something that, that we can count on. Let's make the lives of, of, of the African Americans in this state better. So how we how are we trying to do that? Education. We know our schools need some work. Our our public schools, our charter schools, but we're not funding those schools at the appropriate level. We're in the forties. We can do better. We have billions of dollars in the bank and mm. we're for not spending these money. That that's one thing. Mm-hmm. We're billions of dollars in Washington D.C. because somebody called it Obamacare, and Obama's a black man, and and that 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 residue is still permeating the halls. The reason, and this this benefits the rural white uh, uh, constituents as well, uh, uh, Tennesseans as well, but they won't vote for it for for my my opinion obvious reasons. So. What, what, what I'm hoping, uh, what, what we're pushing for the Black Caucus, better education, better schools, more funding, better funding for schools, mm-hmm. that we can have uh, teachers that last a lot longer, get better teachers, higher trained teachers, getting back health as well. And, you know, we got Blue Oval coming. I think that's going to be a great project. Uh, we've got others in, in East and Middle, but we also need to continue to, to drive those wages up to where people can have a fair chance and and, and get a, a good affordable housing. So those are the things that we're focused on. Additionally, a lot of what we do is play defense. We're trying to block this, this voucher bill. To spend public money on private schools makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. I, I know Memphis is probably a lot like Knoxville. The top 10 schools in Knoxville, you can't get in for $7,000. So we're, we're trying to block those bills we're trying to get some funding for Tennessee State, our only publicly fund, funded HBCU. Yeah. They owe state $2.6 billion. We owe, the state of Tennessee owes that money to Tennessee State University. It's time to cast that check. Well, listen, uh, that's an ambitious agenda. There's a lot uh, at stake here for, as you say, all of us. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, I know you're busy up there, taking the time to come and visit with us tonight and kind of give us uh, you know, a little bit of a peek inside the walls up there. Uh, and we wish you uh, the best. Uh, we, we hope uh, that uh, this uh, 
before us all said and done this legislative uh, uh, session, before it ends, uh, that there will actually be something that we can all uh, be uh, positive about uh, for all of our citizens here in the state of Tennessee. Uh, state Representative Sam McKenzie of Knoxville, thank you, sir, for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. So uh, you heard that. That's sort of a view from the House up there in Nashville as to what they're trying to do. And it uh, sounds like, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be some uphill sledding. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have to continue to fight uh, always. We're going to take our next break. And when we come back, we're going to bring the politics back around here to the local side. We're going to talk to one of our newly elected uh, city council women, Jerry Green. Uh, this is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip Washington. You know who you are. Let's take a quick one, and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea. Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Located on the second floor of the Crosstown Concourse, the Memphis Listening Lab is a curated collection of music and music history that is open to the public six days a week. Final Happy Hour happens every Friday between 3 and 5 p.m., where guest DJs from around the community will spin some of their favorite records. More information and a complete listing of upcoming events at memphislisteninglab.org. Programming on WYXR is brought to you by a grant from Arts Memphis, who has been working behind the scenes for 60 years to grow the foundation of Memphis arts. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the show. Uh, on uh, this uh, cool and crisp Monday evening in the city, Chip with you. Uh, on uh, this edition of Real Talk Memphis. And um, very pleased to have our guest uh, with us this evening. She's no stranger to this show. Uh, we've had her on uh, a couple of times in the past. Uh, but uh, recently she made a decision that uh, she wanted to be more involved in the politics and the governance of our city. She ran uh, for the city council in her district, and she won. Uh, and uh, we were very pleased to have our, our good friend, uh, Councilwoman Jerry Green with us. And uh, Jerry, it's great to see you. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Chef? I'm doing fine, thank you. Well, first of all, congratulations, uh, you know, on your victory. Uh, and uh, you, all had, uh, you all had quite the agenda uh, so far this year. You've had a couple of city council meetings and, uh, uh, you know, some uh, very important issues came up, uh, one of which, of course, was the uh, reappointment of our current police chief, uh, C.J. Davis. 
Uh, well, that one uh, surprised uh, many of us out here uh, when uh, that was uh, rejected in a seven to six vote. Uh, you were one of the uh, folks uh, that voted against. Since then, uh, the, uh, the, the second meeting, which happened uh, last week, uh, it was supposed to uh, was supposed to try it again, I guess. Uh, but um, due to the fact that, that there were uh, some other circumstances that came up, uh, the mayor found out apparently that the body had not changed their mind or their vote. There were some issues internally within the police department and uh, that this vote shouldn't happen. So he decided to cancel that vote. Uh, subsequently, the chief is now the interim police chief. Uh, but let me back up a minute. Uh, when she first came uh, before the committee, uh, you all questioned her about various issues. You in particular were pretty tough uh, in your questioning uh, of her. What was there uh, about uh, what you have seen, uh, what you know, uh, in terms of the leadership of the police department uh, that, uh, th that swayed your vote? Well, you know, there is nothing more important in this community right now than we get a handle on crime. And I heard it from every constituent whose door I was on that I was knocking when I was running for office and in the runoff. And it affects everything. It affects mothers like me whose children go on lockdown. It affects businesses. Um, it affects tourism. So we've got to get a handle on crime. And I, in particular, was uh, maybe tough, you know, I did run as one tough mother. That's you, that's you did, that's you did, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I think that we have to hold the people who are in positions of power in our city accountable, and we have to make sure that um, every time we are placed with the power and the decision of a mayor that we don't just rubber stamp it. You know, I believe he wants to get to work and he wants to do good things, but we have to do our own homework too. And so in doing that research, I just did not feel comfortable at this time um, giving her my vote of confidence. Now I'll say this, I hope she proves me wrong. I hope she is wildly successful mm -hmm. and the city turns around uh, the shape we're in right now. Yeah, there is uh, there are a lot of challenges uh, uh, to be sure. As I talked about it at the top of the show, we had we had seven uh, murders uh, in, in the last couple of three days here in our city, uh, which is absolutely horrible uh, for everyone concerned. Uh, we also know that uh, one person uh, you know can't solve the the, the, the crime problems, uh, whether it be the police chief, whether it be the mayor or the individuals on the council. Uh, but uh, you said something very interesting uh, in 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 making sure that your job is to listen to your constituency uh, and hold folks accountable uh, in terms of this. Now, I want to, I'm still a little confused about the whole interim thing. Uh, you know, she's still the police chief of the city of Memphis, uh, but, but why the interim tag from what you know? Well, um, like you said, I think Mayor Young saw the writing on the wall and um, knew that we still had concerns. And so having her be interim and having it table the issue means that she can be brought back before the council at any point. And in the meantime, we can set out a series of metrics and measurements that we want to see as improvement. Um, you know, are homicides going down? Is our solve rate going up? Are people in our community feeling more safe? 
And uh, we're also going to look and see, are there more lawsuits coming down the pipeline? Mm. What's happening with the DOJ investigation? All of those things will uh, play a part in whether she remains or is reappointed or whether we, you know, move on to somebody else. Again, the important thing is not who sits in that seat. It's that we stop crime in our community. One of the things uh, that has come out of this, uh, your chairman, uh, J.B. Smiley, uh, stated that uh, internally uh, there were some problems uh, within uh, the rank and file. And in, in my mind, uh, you, you can't be very effective uh, in leading uh, a law enforcement uh, agency uh, if uh, many of your rank and file employees are not satisfied or happy uh, with the direction uh, th- that it's going in. And uh, I would imagine that was something that, that caught your attention as well, correct? Absolutely. Um, in fact, just last Friday, I went to all three precincts in District 2. Um, I was delivering breakfast to say thanks for what they did during the winter storms, Mm -hmm. but I got a chance to talk to a lot of the rank and file in person, and I had had some talks before that as well about how they felt, and you know, I kind of liken it to um, a football team. You know, I'm an SEC football fan. Um, We're coming up on, uh, you know, Super Bowl weekend, so I guess it's a good analogy, but if you have lost the crowd, in this case, the community, um, you know, you're going to start feeling the heat if you're the head coach. But when you lose the locker room, it really becomes hard to win games. And um, I know we have a new AD, a new mayor, but sometimes you do need a new head coach before you can actually start turning things around, especially when you've lost that locker room. So I know they have had some conversations uh, with the mayor and they are talking just as we have talked, we would like to see things improve. We want to get to work on that. So whatever form that takes, we're just ready to get to work. One of the things that uh, people have been talking about uh, recently is uh, the prevention side of this. It's like, well, how do we keep this from happening? How do we uh, prevent these crimes from happening? The mayor used terms like, uh, you know, chaos. I mean, you know, we need to stop the chaos, which is that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty strong word to use uh, when you're talking about uh, you know law enforcement and and, and crime uh, as it sits. Uh, is that something that that you uh, individually are, are thinking about as well? I mean, the prevention of crime. Can we actually come up with uh, uh, some solutions or or, or, or something uh, that could help to prevent what we're seeing in our streets today? Absolutely, because if you look around the country, almost every city of our size and makeup um, has seen record low crime in the last year. You know, um, if it's cities that are have a majority minority and a lot of people living in poverty, um, you know, if you think St. Louis, uh, New Orleans, um, Detroit, they, they all saw record low crimes. You think of places that have permitless carry, Nashville, Knoxville, Montgomery. They saw reductions in crime. Um, You think of people that maybe have bail reform, criminal justice reform, all up and down the East Coast, Boston, uh, New York. They all saw reductions in crime. And they've put in a lot of really interesting and innovative policing techniques that I think we can use. I also think they did a lot of wraparound services, and that's something that I've been doing on the county side in my day job. I still have my day job with Mayor Harris. Okay. Um, And... You know, we do a lot of pouring into our youth and trying to find ways to divert them off 
to a different path, like through our Youth and Family Resource Center, you know, doubling the number of um, youth counselors and police precincts was something I was involved in. Those sort of things are great. We also have to think about the people who are re-entering our society from prison and know that we've got to make sure they have a path not back to recidivism. And the number one way to do that is through a job. I started worktobreakthecycle.com and we've hired yeah. over 150 people in Shelby County through it. And the thing is, people are most vulnerable to going back to a life of crime right when they get out of prison, and they're most motivated not to go back to prison right when they get out of prison. So we have to be willing to give people second chances right away, and that's a great path towards ending this cycle of crime. One final question, uh, and and, uh, this issue uh, has has been with us for a while, but but it seems to be coming up a, a bit more lately. Uh, and that's the issue of blight. Uh, and that, I mean, there, there's, there's just, I mean, you, every time I pick up something, I'm, I'm reading uh, people, the frustration in neighborhoods and communities about the trash, about the blight, about, and that brings forth uh, a certain element. Uh, is that something that you're also focused on? Absolutely. I just, uh, this afternoon, went on a walk with the director of public works downtown on Beale Street, because while it's not in my district, um, a lot of people in my district visit there. Memphians from all corners visit downtown. And we talked about not only picking up uh, the city's trash, but how we could encourage um, individuals to pick up, you know, um, talking about enforcing code. And we talked about other places around the county where we have to do more litter pickup, where we have to work on cutting down grass and making sure that um, codes enforced in you know the other areas as well. I've been a part of projects where um, once properties go into the land bank, mm-hmm. we give them um, for a nominal fee to nonprofits who then turn them into um, rejuvenated low-income housing. I'm interested in working on stuff like that in the city side too. We've definitely got to get a hold of making sure that we're all doing our part. See, the thing about crime is it's going to take all of us. Yes. So you got to put your trash in the trash can. You got to mow your grass. You got to keep your house up. But the city's got to do its part too, right? We can't leave out orange cones all week either. Yeah. Um, we've got to make sure that business owners are keeping up their facades, all, all that kind of stuff. It's going to take every single one of us, and Blight's going to be part of that solution. City Councilwoman Jerry Green, uh, a.k.a. One Tough Mother. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for uh, the open dialogue and the great conversation. And more importantly, congratulations uh, on your victory. Uh, And uh, we look forward to talking uh, to you many times during uh, your, your, uh, your time on the City Council. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great night. You uh, too. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Green, Councilwoman Jerry Green, uh, with some very, uh, she's a very uh, straightforward and honest woman. I mean, and you ask her a question, she will give you an honest answer, and I really appreciate that. I'm really happy to have her on the show. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, let's talk water on this Monday edition of Let's Talk About It right here. I'm sorry, <laughs> on this Monday edition of Real Talk Memphis. Well, we can talk about it on Real Talk Memphis. <laughs> Take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? 
or have a guest idea. Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Shannon and Cecilia here. Do you love stories featuring community changemakers in Memphis? Don't miss Just Bluffin', a feel-good podcast found online in the WYXR Podcast Network. Access all our podcasts at WYXR.org. Did you know when you purchase a specialty arts license plate, you're supporting the Tennessee Arts Commission and organizations like WYXR? It's easy. Just take your old plate to your county clerk and swap it out. Or choose the arts plate when it's time for renewal. Show your love for WYXR and other Tennessee arts organizations by visiting tnspecialtyplates.org. Programming on WYXR is brought to you by a grant from Arts Memphis, who has been working behind the scenes for 60 years to support and amplify arts events, programs, and experiences that together make a more vibrant and accessible Memphis arts scene. Thanks for tuning in to WYXR 91.7 FM. Chris Rowling here, host of Dipping Your Hip on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. As a listener-supported station, WYXR thrives on your support, not just as listeners, but as active contributors. So, I'm asking you to become a sustaining member today. Head on over to WYXR.org forward slash donate and hit that donate button to keep your favorite WYXR DJs and hosts on the airwaves. Plus, our monthly donors get their own WYXR merch, and a ton of other perks. Our way of saying thanks. Visit wyxr.org forward slash donate today, become a monthly donor, and let's help keep the station with the city soul going strong. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening in the city. Chip with you. Hope that you are enjoying the ride. Uh, you know, these storms that we had recently were uh, were pretty tough. Uh, you know, we had a lot of snow in, in various parts of the city uh, and the county. And, of course, after that, we had a whole bunch of rain. Uh, and uh, that caused some, compounded some problems in terms of our water system. So uh, we had a first ever in the history of the city uh, a boil water notice. Uh, we, had a boil, we had a water advisory here. We had low pressure. Uh, in many of the areas because pipes were bursting all over the, the, the city. Uh, it was causing low pressure. It was causing uh, no pressure in, in some areas, uh, which prompted me to think about, okay, our water supply. And when I think water, I think of one person in particular, but we also have another person with her as well. Uh, please welcome to the show, uh, Sarah Houston, uh, the executive director of Protect Our Aquifer, a.k.a. The Water Warrior. Uh, and <laughs> and we also have uh, Latricia Adams uh, with us as well from Black Millennials uh, for Flint. Ladies, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. All right, Chip, thanks for having us. Latricia, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can uh, hear you. Well, welcome to you as well. Uh, Sarah, 
let's start at the top here uh, in terms of uh, uh, what happened with the storms and, of course, the damage that we all saw. Uh, I'm sure as busy as you are, that must have raised your antenna, especially when we had a boil water notice and a boil water advisory for the first time in the history uh, of our city. Uh, in, in terms of where things stand with all of that, where do you stand with all of that? Yeah, you know, those first few days of the storm, I think everybody, you know, thought we were getting out of it <laughs> scotch-free. You know, we didn't have any major issues, but when that thaw really started to happen, that's when we saw those breaks. So, you know, we saw in 2021 and 2022 and now four, these continual boil water notices, this low pressure, folks going without water for days. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had to go 18 hours without water. Oh, goodness. And, you know, we've got this old aging infrastructure in our city. And MLGW, Memphis Light, Gas and Water, they're in charge of all that water distribution system. And for a long time, they did not make any major infrastructure upgrades. And we're paying the price now. Um, the good news is it could have been worse and it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, but we're still really keeping the pressure on MLGW to really continue to go after federal funding for our water infrastructure upgrades. And we can get in this a little bit, but think about how do we make sure that the big water users are paying the cost for those upgrades and not us residential water users because mm. it's imbalanced right now. We're paying way more than industry pays for water. Well, that's interesting uh, in and of itself. Uh, you know, and I do know, and I think I want to ask you about it because it's, it was in my head. I think you talked about. Uh, trying to create some sort of a, an advisory board or some sort of a community uh, a board in reference to all of this. I, I, I know I'm, I'm messing that up, but tell me what you what, <laughs> No, you're what, on the right track. What you guys no, I'll let uh, Latricia speak on this a little bit. But okay. you know, the thing with boil water notice is it's about getting access to that information that, hey, if you have water, it needs to be boiled. And so sometimes just getting that information, you know, there's text alerts or social media. It's mostly word of mouth, too. But there is a big, there's a big piece of information we have to get on the front end that Latricia is really, um, you know, um, up to speed on why we need to filter first. So I'll pass that over to Latricia. Well, Latricia, uh, it's great to have you on the show. And of course, uh, you know, you were, uh, I guess you were a big part of, uh, you know, your background uh, is in Flint, Michigan. And we all know uh, about that situation up there with the, with the lead pipes and the whole nine yards. So. Uh, what can you add to all of this uh, in terms of, of what you see uh, in reference uh, to, to our water situation and, and how we move forward from here? Sure. Um, so thank you for that question. Um, so one of the things that's really important to the work that I do is to think about um, our water infrastructure and the things that happen with climate change, which exacerbates the issues that we see, is to also focus on public health. So one of the things that is really important when we talk about a boil water notice is to filter first if you suspect or if you have confirmed lead service lines. So adjacent to the issue that we have with this water infrastructure crisis, we do have what up to 24,000 lead service lines throughout the city of Memphis. Mm. Um, many communities are of course black communities. So lots of old pipes, um, and just old infrastructure like in Orange Mound, where my family is from, the Riverside community of, of South Memphis, parts of North Memphis, 
Um, in addition to even beyond just the lead service lines. If you live in a home that hasn't been updated, if you don't have the money to do the proper modernizations, you may have lead in your indoor plumbing, meaning your water fixtures, so in bathroom sinks and kitchen sinks, um, the pipes under the sink. So whenever you do a boil water notice, just as a precautionary measure, it's really important to make sure rather to be safer than, than sorry, right? Mm -hmm. To advise people to filter if they have filters um, before boiling. The rationale with that is if you boil any water, I'm gonna take it back to physical science. If you boil water that has a heavy metal, so not just lead, it could be uh, copper, arsenic, what have you. Mm -hmm. When you add that heat to it, it makes it stronger. It makes it more potent. So the, 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 the rationale again, just to be safe, in the instance of a boil water notice, you need to filter first. I do want to commend um, Memphis Light Gas and Water. Honestly, we have been working trying to get this language updated at least since 2017. Um, I do commend um, MLGW for ensuring that they did uplift that information. However, as Sarah mentioned, this is new to Shelby County, to Memphis, yeah. right? That's yeah. a lot of information to take in. You want me to filter the water? You want me to boil it? What do you want me to do? Yeah. So I think a big part of that is around um, just education on what to do in the instance of a boil water notice, being proactive, not when it's just happening in the moment, but we know that these water issues, these extreme climate and weather issues are going to be pervasive. It's important to educate people on the front end. Yeah, absolutely that. And uh, I, I know uh, Sarah and I have talked many times in the past. And Sarah, do you think, uh, uh, do you uh, concur with uh, Latricia in terms of um, of the uh, the communication uh, effort uh, and maybe the cooperation with MLGW and particularly in light of what just happened and really providing uh, open and honest information uh, to uh, so many uh, residents out here uh, that, uh, that, you know, that they need to know about and they need to be able to understand it. I know we go back a few years in terms of protect our aquifer uh, and, and a lot of uh, some of the things that were, were about to happen back back then. But I mean, in terms of uh, since you've been uh, over all of this, uh, are you seeing some progress being made? I know you run up and down the, the highway to Nashville uh, trying to talk to the folks up in the legislature. But I mean, are things starting to to change a bit in terms of the, the knowledge and, and really the dissemination of information in terms of our water? I think it's headed in the right direction. I think it's a really great question, Chip. And you know, to Latricia's point, MLDW did add this new language about filtering before you're boiling. Now, they didn't have it on every single notification at the very beginning, so there was some room for improvement. But I think that, you know, from when we had our first big, you know, deep freeze boil water notice in 2021, yeah. no one knew what was going on at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, a little practice makes perfect. So us residents are a little bit more used to this. but. MLGW's messaging has improved a lot. And I think that, you know, President McGowan, you know, he's the new, I say new, he's been there for a year now, but, you know, he's the new president and right. CEO. He really wants to be actively communicating in these emergency situations. Now, where MLGW really needs to focus on improving is not just crisis communication. They're really good at, hey, the power's out, here's what's <laughs> going on. Right. It's like, well, 
talk to us two months ago. Talk to us, you know, when people have this whole opportunity when we're not in crisis mode to learn together, to be prepared, and to accept a two-way dialogue between the community and MLGW versus just one-way messaging. So that's really where we want to see MLGW continue to improve community relationships and education-wise. It shouldn't all be in this moment of crisis. That's mm. when we hear from you. Proactive instead of reactive, which is what Latrice said a few minutes ago. In, uh-huh. in, in terms of <laughs> in terms of opening the lines of communication, uh, you know, to to all of us. Uh, uh, so you know, so where we are with this, and and, and as you said, uh, Latrice, a minute ago. Uh, th- this is something new to us. So we've never, you know, had this situation. I mean, we've heard of boil water notices in Mississippi and, and a lot of other places, uh, but it, it never really affected us this week. It was kind of a kind of a bit of a culture shock for all of us, don't you think? And that's why I think uh, what what Sarah just said—the proactive approach here—tell us to tell us on the front end, uh, you know, so we can probably prepare better. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree. You know, I'll, I'll just be quite frank. I. It just sticks in my mind um, in the media. There were people that were literally taking snow from off the ground and boiling it. That's so dangerous. Mm. But the fact that all of your stores have run out of water, you know, while people were under a boil water notice, there were some people that had no water at all. True. Um, we even think about people who are postpartum, right? So people that just had babies that went home on, on ice um, to, to find themselves a boil water notices or no water at all. Um, so it, it's definitely a bit of it's growing pains, you know, in, in the South, we bragged historically like, oh, we got good weather. You know, we, we don't have this really extreme winter weather. We can't really have those bragging rights um, anymore. Um, so just to kind of piggyback on what Sarah mentioned, it is imperative that there is comprehensive ongoing education. It, it can't just be these standalone kind of like, hey, come, you know, check out MLGW. But it has to be a collaborative, concerted effort. Um, You know, MLGW can't work in silos. Um, I will say that with President McGowan, he has been diligent (laughs) with meeting one-on-one with community members. I mean, that is not up for debate. He has been responsive. As I mentioned before, we have been trying to get updated language for the Boyle Water Notice since 2017. Um, so I will say that this speaks to him being in this position um, where, I mean, under his leadership, we, we are starting to see change um, and hoping that it continues to move in a positive direction. But again, we have to break down the silos. There has to be a commitment to be collaborative, yeah. which has not always been the case yeah. uh, with MLGW, but hopefully it'll change for the better. Well, listen, uh, with, with with you two, uh, you know, leading the charge, I, I, can, I, I can already, I, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated now. I, I'm, I, I'm a talk show host, so I'm just, I'm, I'm, but I'm motivated now. But listen, thank you both for coming on the show. Uh, Sarah, it is always wonderful to, to see you, my friend. And uh, Latricia, uh, great to meet you. Great to have you on the show as well. Keep fighting. Keep doing what you're doing because it is making a difference uh, one citizen at a time. Really appreciate you both. Thanks for coming. And uh, Sarah, you know I'm going to hit you up again before the end of the year, right? So I'm just Let's preparing. Let's do it. Here. We got to do it again. We Thank gotta... you so much, Chip. Water Warrior at your service. Sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all have a great <laughs> evening. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Uh, that wraps up uh, this edition of Real Talk Memphis. As Bryn plays us out, uh, been a great show. Uh, I hope that uh, you all uh, have uh, enjoyed uh, the conversation this evening. I know I have as well. 
And if you like what we're doing around here, uh, do me a favor. Uh, talk, tell some folks. Uh, tell them, look, uh, you ever checked out this real uh, Talk Memphis uh, thing on Monday nights? Uh, Chip Washington? Uh, check out his show. He's got some great guests, good information, a lot to digest, a lot to think about, a lot to talk about. We appreciate you, as always, uh, for uh, being a part of what we do. Uh, so for all of us here at uh, Real Talk Memphis, for Bryn, uh, handling the uh, production uh, duties for uh, Lola, being Lola. Uh, by the way, uh, check out uh, Level Lola uh, each and every Monday evening at 5 p.m. Uh, she does her thing right before we do our thing. And uh, it's a great show, by the way. Uh, and for Nicole. Uh, and for your humble host, Chip Washington, uh, very happy to have you all with us. Be safe, be careful. Until the next time we reconvene seven days from now. Uh, and uh, for now, uh, we are out. Take care. See you soon.